0: 1015 FM, 720 AM. K-DON, the talk
1: of Las Vegas. and your host, Mark Hoke. Oh
0: boy. Some ladies were bad this week. Rot row. We get to have a whole discussion about what's going on in WWE. And we are fishless today. Apparently, he didn't like the creative direction of the show. So he is not here today. Now, seriously. Uh, fish have a little laryngitis issue, so he is down. But fortunately, I've got my other riding partner. He is not on suspension. Joe DeFalco from Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas. Mr. DeFalco, how are you this morning?
1: Well, just looking forward to the 11 shows over the five days coming up on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, you want to you give everybody a fast rundown of that before we get into the news?
1: Sure. Uh, obviously, Wednesdays will uh, dynamite. So we're 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 giving AEW to themselves. Uh, Thursday, uh, we're kicking off the full tilt weekend with the big show. Luck of the draw. Uh, we got uh, Hammerstone, Davey Richards, Chris Bay, numerous others, and that's going to be at the FSW Arena. Uh, then Friday, uh, I guess there's a three p.m. taping for Rampage. And then we're kicking off uh, the Friday events at the Silver Nugget, and that show is just loaded. You got the uh, Impact World Champion Josh Alexander, the uh, MLW uh, World Champion Hammerstone will be there. Chris Bay, Tom Lawler, who was just the New Japan Openweight Champion, uh, you know the the list goes on and on. Davy Richards, he'll be there also. Trey Miguel. And, you know, Nick Wayne, the young phenom who just turned 17. And, you know, if you like professional wrestling, you're going to see, you know, some of the, the best in the business. And then on uh, after our show, because our show is 730 on Friday, Black Label Pro, who's a pretty prominent company out of uh, the Indiana area, they're going to be running at 11 p.m. Wow, uh, they're they're similar to a uh, GCW, and then on Saturday, our buddy Ed in San Antonio is running an all women's show uh, that features uh, like Miranda Alize, who was recently, you know, on Ring of Honor, and then at four o'clock, uh, Sammy Callahan's running his own show for uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver, and then the main event, eight o'clock on Saturday night, GCW coming to town once again. And then, if that isn't enough, Sunday at noon, a little pre-before the AEW pay-per-view, uh, we have our final event called Let It Ride. Uh, we also have MLW's uh, Richard Holiday and Anthony Green, and uh, those guys are actually going to be there during the week. Also, you know, if you go to FSWVegas.com, you can see the whole thing, or Future Stars of Wrestling on Twitter, and... You know, we got that whole card up there. You know, also Willie Max going to be there. It's like just off, off, off the top of my head, it's like our show. You know, we have eight matches that you know there is literally a superstar in in every match. So if you don't want to, you know, spend seventy five bucks just to walk in a fan fest and then spend a hundred dollars to meet Orange Cassidy. Just for a picture, you know, you you can get all the front rows to our shows for less money than it is to uh, meet a low-card AEW wrestler.
0: Ooh, a slight jab there. Well, it's going to be an amazing week coming up here uh, in Las Vegas. If you are a wrestling fan, you are going to be in for quite a treat with AEW coming into town with the Double or Nothing pay-per-view and all these terrific events hitting the Las Vegas scene, it is going to be something else. And uh, we'll mention before we uh, dive into everything that happened here, uh, we're going to be getting a few special guests doing, we'll be taping some interviews on Monday to play throughout the week. And right now we are scheduled to have Max Caster from the acclaimed tag team. Of course, you know him as the rapping half of that group. And then the AEW women's champion, Thunder Rosa. We will be hearing from her, and the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, will also be making an appearance on the show, so we are very excited that AEW is setting us up with uh, at least those three. Could be some more as the week goes on. We shall see, but we're, we want to thank AEW for their kindness to provide us with some talent for the show. That's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, we're going to really enjoy this week. It's going to be something else. So, But, but Joe, I hope you... I, I hope you can walk after this is all over, man.
1: Uh, I'll tell you, it's, you know, it, it's difficult sleeping. It's like my my mind's racing about, like, everything's got to go on, you know, doing with the venue and dealing with the people and the insurance and, and the chairs. And, like, uh, today at 1230, we have to head over to Silver Nugget, do, you know, some sound stuff because the guy who's actually running it, doesn't get back into town until the day of the show. Ooh. So it's like, Eesh, you know, just got to make sure everything is, you know, running on all cylinders. All the events are going to be, uh, the silver nugget that is, are going to be aired on fight TV. And then the FSW network's actually running uh, the Thursday and the Sunday show from the FSW arena. And like I said, you know, you got Chris Bay against Titus Alexander who. Just came off a huge match against uh, Will Ospreay, where uh, yeah. Will put him over. Is like, wow, this kid is, you know, some the untapped talent from the West Coast. One of the, you know, one of the best out there, and one of our main guys has been with us for a very long time. Gregory Sharp gets the opportunity to work Davy Richards and Hammerstone's Wrestling Q C U just signed with MLW. So. You know, the Thursday shows uh, just as good Richard Holliday, who just came off a match with Hammerstone and MLW. And so we're looking forward, you know, that's, those are the one things. those, those weeks and those shows, you know, I look forward, you look forward to it, but you like want to get it. It's like, oh my God, it's four days away. We need to get this stuff done because there's just so much to do. Like that's the relief actually running the show.
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> that is for sure. Well, some people that did not get relief were in the, uh, the WWE staff this week. As, of course, the world has been buzzing about this all week long, and we'll give you the rundown on where everything stands at this point as Sasha Banks and Naomi, the women's tag team champions of WWE, well, they showed up at the Raw tapings and we're told that there was going to be a six-pack challenge match that the two of them would be involved in. And they apparently didn't like the idea very much, and Sasha got into it with Vince And then Sasha got into it with one of the producers, and Sasha and Naomi took the women's tag team title belts, dropped them on John Laurinaitis' desk, and walked out of Raw right before the show was supposed to start. WWE proceeded to bury them on the show, and as the week has progressed, we get to SmackDown. Sasha and Naomi are suspended. They were removed Uh, All their merchandise was removed from www.shop.com. They have also been taken out of the opening for for SmackDown. Uh, There's a lot of rumors going around about this whole thing. Uh, But unfortunately, it looks like uh, Sasha and Naomi are in some major, major trouble here. And everyone is reporting this is not a work. This is legit. Uh, I have a lot to say about it, Joe. I'm going to let you fire first. Could you imagine Joe your talent walks in and uh, says we're not doing this and drops your titles on the table before a show and walks out the door?
1: Yeah, that would be one of the best stories that I ever created in FSW history. <laughs> that wow. I, I, you know, WWE, they they walked out during the show and they, they announced it immediately that they walked out, you know, unprecedented. Everything that WWE has done in this situation. And it's amazing that they got more publicity about what this happened than probably anything with, uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. It is, uh, could be turned out to be the greatest work in, in WWE's history. And we said creative doesn't have a lot, of, uh, isn't very good anymore. I'll tell you, this is the best. Yeah,
0: and and what their beef was, and I probably should get into that a little bit more, was that Naomi was going to win this match, and she was going to challenge Bianca Belair for the uh, the Raw title. Then they were going to put Sasha against, uh, Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown title. And the issue that the ladies took was that you have de- you're devaluing the tag titles. You now we we were put into this. We agreed to it. We don't want we don't want to break up the tag team and screw up their momentum. Uh, You know, that momentum and, you know, by getting us put in singles matches and then losing, which was apparently the plan. So they were not happy about it. And, uh, you know, you can you can blame WWE creative all you want on this and say, yeah, it was a bad idea if you want.
1: Well, I'm actually crediting them because I don't believe, again, I'm I'm going to be as cynical as, you know, any wrestling person could be like. I I don't believe that it's true, and if it is, uh, if everything that we've heard is the truth, first off, devalued tag titles that have no value to begin with, and B, they're not Brock Lesnar that can walk in, they're the middle of the road, higher up end, I guess. You know, if you take the 30 women on the roster, sure, are they in the top 10, but Charlotte Flair is is the queen, and Ronda Rousey, it's like Naomi, like she's she's gonna go in there. Sasha Banks, she she's kind of walked out before yeah. to where I'm not sure when she has a complaint that it's gonna register high on the list than when. You know, Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton have a beef. So I don't know. That's it's kind of like if Madcap Moss had a beef because Happy Corbin was beating him in the feud and he walked out. It'd be like, hey, good, thanks for everything. We'll see you later.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's two perspectives to take on this. One, let's let's say it's a work. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, because when you look at the statements that WWE put out, I don't remember them ever going to this extent to really bury never, somebody like this. Never, I never, don't. I mean, even Matt when
1: Hardy with the Lita thing,
0: yeah, I mean even when um, Steve Austin walked out, you know, they, the Rock cut a promo, but they didn't. They didn't go to this extent and go crazy with it. Um, you know, so you you do wonder about that. But then it,
1: the mid card match it was a mid card match that uh, had a big deal okay uh, just another way to get to get some people it's like Okay, you, you need challengers. You have your ups. You have your downs. You know, you win some, you lose some. When you're a champion and then you lose, now your job is usually to put somebody else over until you get that next next run. You know, uh, if anybody had a right to cry, I would be uh, AJ Styles being stuck with almost for like a year. Instead of being in the main events, he was in a mid-card tag team trying to help get over a guy who was terrible. Yeah. And it's like... You know, they, they were the women's champions. Guess what? Oh well, they put together this tag team. Okay, well, three months earlier they had never tagged once in their life. Now all of a sudden like they're devalued. Yeah, that's the devalue of a tag team. Uh you're a champion and you never even teamed before, you probably won the title. Get yeah here.
0: And and when you so, and when you look at it from that the creative perspective, let's just say that this is all legit you could have done some things with that program for example taken you know, had you could have put them in a tag team title match against Bianca and Ronda and let them get a win and establish the tag team you know and even if they were going to lose those singles matches at the pay-per-view you still built the tag team up as you went along and, and the, but the other thing that I, I would be looking at here is you know you, you bring up the legitimacy of the women's tag team titles and Vince is not a tag team person. Number one, we all know this, and you know John Laurinaitis isn't that big on women's wrestling anyway. And the the women's tag titles, I think, were more done as kind of a social media push when that happened. That was like, oh, well, yeah, let's let's do it, let's do it, and and you know, we'll give the ladies another something to to have on well, they, in their they program. So many
1: of them, they they had to do it.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is. That when you you look at this, I, I honestly I was kind of surprised that they didn't just take the those titles and say, you know what, we're done with them. And they still could, uh, you know, if it's going to cause that much trouble. If if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm kind of looking at this and saying, you know, this is this isn't worth it.
1: You know, well, you how know? many times have we sat around and it's like, wow. They aren't defending the tag titles on a pay-per-view. And this is the men's tag titles. Mm -hmm. So it isn't, you know, a male-female thing. How many times have we seen the tag team division get overlooked just because it does? You know, the Usos, you know, they've had a lot of mediocre runs until the bloodline thing because now it's a main event thing and it's led by Roman Reigns. But beforehand, you could go pay-per-views Kind of like the U.S. title, and and again, you said, oh well, maybe they could have a tag match and they could beat Rhonda and and Bianca, but it was like. Everybody who has the titles usually loses matches to give the other person a title shot instead of people winning matches to deserve the number one contendership. Hey, I'm the number one contender. How did I get it? Oh, well, I beat the champ in a non-title match. We would always laugh about how many times a secondary champion in WWE has the worst win-loss record uh, of anybody on the show. Mm-hmm. And
0: And... I, I guess you know, like Joe. If I was, you know, if I was wrestling for you, and you you gave me these ideas, and I was, you know, I didn't like them. Well, you know, that's, but it's your promotion, you know. And this is Vince McMahon's promotion, and you're under contract, so you do right, that. that you,
1: that's the main thing.
0: You do you're what you're supposed to do, and if and the thing is, if they said, okay, this is what we're going to do, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put you in this program, mm-hmm. then I would have I would have been like, I don't like this. But maybe I can work within that program to do good things with it and build it at the end and build my my stock up as Sasha and Naomi did. And I, and I think one thing with Naomi walking out on this, you know, Sasha has some things going on outside of wrestling. And apparently uh, Sasha and Naomi's contracts are both coming up here pretty soon. It, it, Sasha... Has a place to go at this point, and she's got connections with, you know, it's related to Snoop Dogg and so on. You know, the, the thing with Naomi is, is she's if you don't know this, she's married to Jimmy Uso. Now, of course, that puts her in the whole family there with Roman Reigns and everybody. Man, that could have made some fallout for Jimmy too. And I don't know. I, I think
1: uh, I, he got DUIs and it didn't have a fallout. His wife leaving ain't going to do nothing.
0: Yeah, but I'm just, but I'm just throwing that out there that you. It it puts an extra dynamic on that that she's involved with the group that's well, in the main event. I mean, Mark, well, Mark Henry had suggested. Uh, I just saw that he didn't said something on the busted open radio that you know Jimmy should have come out and said something to Corey Graves during the SmackDown taping. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Well, yeah, you know,
1: that's probably next week when we realize it is a work. And again, until I until I know for sure it ain't a work, to me it's a work. But you say Sasha Banks, she has options. Does she have options? Whoa. Who's Tessa Blanchard wrestling for? You know, you get that you get that reputation. Tessa Blanchard was considered by far, you know, the best women's wrestler.
0: Well Seriously. Sasha's acting right now. I mean she's got an act you know, she has the, the role in the Mandalorian. And you know she's got some other connections, so I think she'd be able to branch out her acting career a little bit. But then, you'd, but of course, you get a reputation as being a diva. You know, you're you're hurting yourself no matter what entertainment environment it is. So, I mean, this 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 whole thing's just kind of a, a mess right now. And you know, people were and 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 the funny part was I saw a lot of people on Twitter that night when it happened were saying, "Well, good for them, good for them." They stood up to Vince. I'm like, you work for the guy. You do what he says, whether you like it or not. You know, go down through the roster of the WWE roster and, and honestly answer how many people on that roster are happy with what they're doing right now. I I think it, when I looked at it, it was probably maybe 35, 40% tops.
1: Tops. Yeah, I, I, you think I Akira Tozawa
0: likes yeah. running around chasing the 24 7 title for a year and a half? Of course you're being he doesn't.
1: generous. You know, when you say 35, 40%, you are being. Generous, Thank you. You know, anybody who, in their right mind, you know, yeah, Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, of course they're happy. When they find out they aren't winning the tag championships, they're not happy. You know, they, they probably feel, hey, you know what, but business is business. Randy Orton's been doing it for 20 years, and you know, if you win some, you lose some. All right, move on, but there's probably disappointment when they go into that meeting room and that we find out, you know, like in my situations, like I would sit down with Randy Orton and say, "Hey, this is why this is why we're doing it." Now I'm a, I'm hoping that that's what they do because that's at least what puts other wrestlers at ease. You know, a lot of these guys, they they want to know what's going on next, especially with my guys. Like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what are we doing this weekend? You know, I got a lot of. You know, even guys I've never really used before, Richard Holiday, like, hey, what's going on Thursday? What's going on Sunday? Hey, are you going to use me for this show? You know, everybody wants to know what they're doing because the bottom line is it's an individual sport, and I'll call it a sport. It's individualism. And even though you, you know, I can make you the champion tomorrow. Thanks. If I feel like it, if I felt like it, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, hey, I won the championship. No, you didn't. You were given the championship. You know, Scott Steiner once said something to me uh, about Ric Flair. He was like, if my buddies ran the book, I'd be champion 15 times too. Big deal. That is a good point. That was Scott Steiner because he had a beef with a lot of people back in those days. So.
0: Yeah, I, I just think this this is going to be this will be pretty interesting. But and, and of course, there was a lot of apparently a lot of negative reaction in the locker room to it, too, that, you know, and I think a lot of that comes from everybody is, you know, a lot of people aren't happy over there. You hear all these stories about morale is really down, you know, and a lot of people aren't happy with what they're doing in WWE either. They probably hate WWE creative in a lot
1: of ways. And, of course they do. Yeah, and, and, I'm not and, the champion. And, and, if you're and, the champion, you'll love it. If you're not the champion, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, unless your goal is to just be like Heath Slater and have a job, you know, how how frustrating is it when you believe you're one of the best in the world and you're sitting home almost all the live events? Like, how many of these guys weren't aren't brought to TV, but they're being paid? You know, I talked to an AEW friend, like, you know, I saw my guy Brian Cage yesterday. I'm like, Hey, you gonna be on the show this weekend? And he's like, Oh, I'm not sure, you know, and it's like so they re upped his option. They've used him once for a Ring of Honor show. Right. And in talking to him, he was talking about I'm like, Hey, so what's up with Ring of Honor? You got any you know, any shows planned? Oh, they're talking about doing a pay per view in July. July, they did one like two months ago. So you decided to pay a guy a lot of money and then his contract was up where you could have let him go and you chose to keep him to pay him a good amount of money to use him twice in a five month period. How does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I, well, I would agree. I agree. Yeah. I just, it, it is really, uh it's a really interesting situation and and one that i think is going to have a lot of fallout amongst the roster one way or another and you know and i think everybody better realize though that you know vince is in charge and he's, he's you're, you, you when you sign on with wwe if you haven't seen how vince mcmahon runs the company and you put your you know you put your name on the line you know what you're getting into there you know what you're getting into you know sporadic creative Uh, things changing on a dime. You you have to be ready for that.
1: How are those Viking Raiders doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, amongst many other people on the roster. All right, well, we are going to be headed to break here real quick. And when we come back, we've got more news. Of course, we have new unified tag team champions. We'll tell you about that. And a follow-up to what we were talking about on Sunday's show with a certain 73-year-old Hall of Famer. As, woo. His, yeah, woo, as his in-ring return is apparently imminent. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on The Mark Hoke Show. Certainly appreciate you joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show, MarkHokeShow.com, and MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com for all those great podcasts with myself, Joe, and Fish. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. Want more of the Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at the Mark Hoke Show and visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hope Show and download our podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join the Mark Hope Show family today, and thanks for listening. 101.5 FM, 720 AM, KDON, The
1: Talk of Las Vegas. Now let's return to The Mark Hope Show. The Mark Hope Show. Here again, your host Mark Hoke. Ring
0: that bell, yeah! Here we go. Second half hour of the Mark Hoke show here on KDWN 101.5 FM seven twenty AM. Along with we are, like I said, we are fishless today. No Andrew Fishfain, but Joe DeFalco, of course, from
1: Future life, Stars. Life of us. Let him out.
0: No, it was unfortunate. We, I don't know. I may have to go rescue him. But uh, Joe DeFalco from Future Stars of Wrestling is here. And, of course, make sure you go to FSWVegas.com. A ton of great stuff going on right around this AEW weekend with Double or Nothing. Going to be in town here for the pay-per-view and, of course, the TV tapings as well. I will be at all of them. So maybe you'll get to bump into me. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, Speaking of bumping around, we got new unified tag team champions, Joe. As some for some reason on SmackDown, didn't do it on a pay-per-view, did it on SmackDown. The Usos defeat RK-Bro and have, are now holding both sets of tag team titles. A slight amount of interference from Roman Reigns in the match. Joe, right decision and where do we go from here?
1: Well, the, it, it depends. It could be the right decision depending on where they go with RK-Bro after this you know, obviously they've established themselves, you know, there's no, there's no battle over who's the top tag teams in WWE. It's the Usos and RK bros. So they have to follow that up. Now getting Roman Reigns involved, you know, does that mean that we see a riddle or we see an Orton, you know, people talking about, you know, Roman Reigns not going to be around for a few months. So is is that when it's time to pull the trigger and you have to put the belt on somebody else? And I don't care how over Cody Rhodes is. It just seems so random that you would make Cody Rhodes. You'd have to build that really quick for, for him to take the title. But you already have a built-in storyline with with Randy Orton, so that or even Riddle. And but I just don't think that they would make that move with with Riddle right now. If Randy Orton does it, I I think the people would get behind it. It would be probably as one last run as the uh, babyface champion. Then I guess it's the right decision because it's supposed to lead to something. You know, what does it lead to? A rematch in an Arcade Row win? Then it becomes the basic same thing of, you know, the 50 50 WWE booking. So, you know, like I said, um, unless if Randy Orton walks out of the WWE in two months as their champion, then I don't know. I would say, no, it's not the right decision.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it does seem, and I've heard the rumors too, that they're setting up some matches for, uh, randy and riddle to go after roman but roman was supposed to be taking time off too so i i i don't know i can't imagine they're going to take the belt off roman just yet i i really think they're building towards roman and cody having the big showdown at some point but yeah i i don't know i i wasn't too thrilled with this idea but the the one thing that does intrigue me about this is are they going to completely unify the tag titles and just have one tag team champion at this point. And there there was a picture of a leaked belt online, not sure if that was legit or not, but I I have said that I think there should only be one champion. And you know, maybe this is the time to to just go ahead and do it. I you know, I don't know, but uh you know, the one thing with RK Bro is that team is just so over and people love that those guys together. You know, I I don't I don't know if I, if it were me, I don't know if I'd want to break them up.
1: You know? Well, it's, it's like, so Monday Night Raw comes on tomorrow. Is anybody excited? Hey, RK Bro's on. They're going to be taking on the Viking Raiders. Like, who would care? Like, RK Bro would have to beat them in three minutes. It's like, obviously they're involved with the Ushos. That, that makes them involved with Roman Reigns. So unless they're going to be doing, you know, hey... And it's possible, you know, Hell in the Cell, whatever they want to do, they could be creative because, you know, WWE likes having seven rematches at for on pay-per-views, you know, in a nine-month period. But like now is the opportunity to really, you know, everybody talks about you making stars, making stars. Well, Orton's already a star. So him in a program with Roman Reigns, it I, seems to me like it would have a lot of legs in it and like he's being bypassed as the guy because of Cody Rhodes, and it's like, well, what about The Rock? And who knows? You know, Rock's running for president. I've been watching Young Rock, so he's, <laughs> the, the election's coming up soon.
0: Yeah, this is, it'll be interesting to see where all these guys go on this. I I personally wouldn't mind seeing a you know one rematch on this, and then maybe taking it into a feud there. I I don't know. I I I've enjoyed this feud, and and honestly, I would have thought that this match and given it a little more time, maybe change it up a little bit would have been a good main event at the last pay-per-view. So, you know, put him in a hell of a cell. I'm, I'm okay with it and, you know, and then take it from there and we'll see what happens. But
1: right. Cause it's like, you know, the, you won't find a bigger fan of Drew McIntyre than me, but it, it doesn't seem like they've positioned him as the guy, you know, for a while they talked about, well, you know, Drew and he's really been getting good pops and, and, a lot of people felt that he never really got to run because he was their champ during the pandemic and he carried the company. So now the time should be to, to give Drew, you know, the opportunity and, and he stayed over, you know, it isn't like he isn't like for a little while, because it's again, how over how are you going to be when you're wrestling, you know, happy Corbin, you know, but, Orton uh, yeah, Orton's the only guy I could see if they're going to take the belt off Roman Reigns in the next three four months. That he's the only guy that could be the one to take it.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you. You know, the, you know, it does seem like they might be setting Riddle up too for a surprise. So we'll we'll see. Uh, it, it'll be fascinating to see where that goes.
1: Yeah, I, I I just don't perceive. You know, there's always that time when you get that newer guy that they really got to build him up red hot. And Matt Riddle's not red hot as a singles wrestler. Yep. And and especially now that there's only one championship, you know, because they were like, oh, well, you know, they unify it and then they're going to break it up again. Well, it's two months down the line so far. And I haven't heard of any plans to, you know, have a tournament to, you know, make another new champion. So, Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see where all this leads. And it's of course, a lot of it's going to be in Roman Reigns' hands. So we'll find out. I, 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 I still can't believe we're reporting this story. Joe, I am. We, we, and, and unfortunately, you missed us talking about it last week, but we have the nature boy Ric Flair is returning to the ring. We saw the training videos. We mentioned it last week, and now it is coming to fruition during StarCast 5. It is Ric Flair. In, uh, down in it's Nashville Terry July Funk. 31st. Yeah, we haven't... It's Terry Funk
1: in a uh, wheelchair match. Oh, God. Except they both have to roll in on wheelchairs.
0: Well, Terry's got dementia. You can't, you can't bring Terry in on this. Come on, man. There's got to be somebody else you could use on this one. But uh, July 31st, under the guise of Jim Crockett promotions, uh, of course, this is a Conrad Thompson's thing, that Ric Flair will be returning to the ring. Opponents have not been named... The rumor, at least at one point, is that he will be teaming in a six-man match with FTR uh, against the Rock and Roll Express and an unnamed opponent. That opponent for a little while was Ricky Steamboat, supposedly, but Steamboat turned it down. Her Steamboat's 69 years old, and when Steamboat was asked for comments on this, said, you know, I just want to be – I had that little run with Jericho a while back, and I'm good. I don't want to tarnish anything. And actually, it was funny because Gerald Briscoe actually hopped in on this debate, too, and uh, said, yeah, good for Ricky. Somebody's got some values out there. And you know, But uh,
1: this is... Too bad Dusty's not around. He would have been the guy.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't have been a bad pick. I mean, Sting's still uh, Sting's still running around. You throw Sting well, in that match. Here you
1: go. Here's my take on it, okay? Like, I get it. Ric Flair's 73 years old. Should he be wrestling... No, no. <laughs> but Boogie Woogie Jimmy Valiant wrestles every weekend, and he's in his 70s, and I'm pretty sure Boogie Woogie ain't very good anymore. There's another guy who works like some new sports work in Ring of Honor and GCW, and he never got that notoriety at all. Uh, Mike Jackson, I believe his name is, and he's wrestling at that age. Now, it's nostalgia. It's that stuff. There's wrestling companies, you know, they're, they're crappy, you know, 50 people show up and they have kids on there that are not that properly trained and they get put on shows. So, you know, it's kind of like those legend fights, you know, people are going to pay for it. If Rick help if Rick Flair can pass, like that, that would be what I would want, you know, pass that physical, you know, get in there. It's Rick Flair, you know, he probably, he, you know, is Ric Flair going to bump around? No, probably not. You know, he's going to he's gonna do, you know, his cool stuff, put somebody in a figure four, tap out, and the match is over. It's kind of like it's a different version. But you think EC3 is t- – I mean, not EC3. Yeah, EC3 is the bump guy, you know, because Braun Strowman doesn't want to do anything.
0: Yeah, I just – you know, I I understand why he wants to do this, Gosh, you know, like I said, there's there's so many things Rick Flair could be doing right now with his life, and and getting back in the ring at 73 years old, and and he said, I don't need the money; it's not a money issue. Because of course he had all those issues a while back, which kind of forced him back in the ring before. But and the guy's got a pacemaker in his in his heart. I mean, this is just, I I don't know. I I think this
1: is just to a, me, it's like a bait and switch. Like I just don't think he's really going to do anything. It's just going to be, you know, a nostalgia match. You know, again, how old's Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson?
0: Yeah, they're both in their sixties too. They've been they they're supposedly on their retirement tour. Um, yeah, they, you know, but they just they just wrestled FTR. Um, God, what was that about two or three months ago? If I remember right, that they they did that match. Um, so you know that I mean it, I don't know. This is just to me. It's a money grab, I and it's something that I don't think Rick really needs to do, and you know. But it, but it was funny when I was speaking to Ken Thompson, who's on SportsX Radio here, and I was sitting with him. I, I asked him, you know, you're an old time wrestling fan, would you pay to see this? And he's like, Yeah, I'll pay to watch it. I'm like, Well, I guess there's my answer, huh? Of
1: course <laughs> they would, and and you, you're talking Ken Thompson. What about all those people from Atlanta who grew up, and all the people that grew up, like, you know. When you talk about Steamboat, and you said, well, you know, when he had that run with Jericho. But if you remember, it was three-on-one. And it was probably a 70-year-old Jimmy Snuka in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember who was the third guy.
0: Oh, wow. That is a good question.
1: I'll have to, I'm going to have to look that up. I don't remember. Because it was an elimination match, and it was Snuka, somebody else, and Steamboat. And then Stebo did so well, they ended up giving him a match at the next pay-per-view, and, and he did fantastic. But the point was the other two guys were really old. They didn't really do much. It didn't, it didn't mess with anybody's legacy, you know. So their legacy got way worse anyway after that, but still.
0: It was Roddy Piper.
1: Roddy Piper. There you go. Another guy who was very old and could not really work, but it was it, w- it was, back in the day when they told stories and it wasn't about how athletic guys were, you know, what are Roddy Piper going to do, stick you in a sleeper hold? Right.
0: Yeah, so, well, I guess so, we're going gonna...
1: to... I think they could get through it. It definitely won't be in any of the match of the year publications. No, definitely not.
0: But yeah, but it's you, like, you know, you've got him in a six man, so you're gonna be able to hide him and
1: Where's Hulk Hogan when you need him?
0: Boy, could you imagine if Hogan was the person they put in that match?
1: How many times has the Hulksters said, Oh, I, I need one last run? One last run where? To the toilet.
0: <laughs> it, it would be interesting if Hogan was healed up enough from all these surgeries that he had to, to stick him in that match. Boy, could you you know, that would blow some people up too.
1: Wow! Freak his hip going for a leg drop.
0: Oh God, he can't do another leg drop. If he didn't, a leg and what drop, do you want to see insane. Hogan
1: for? That's what it's like saying, "Hey, Ric Flair can't do the figure four. Like I'm pretty sure you are not going to see Rick Ric Flair do the flop into the turnbuckle over the top to go to the top rope to get thrown off. Pretty sure that ain't happening in the match.
0: I bet you a dollar he does it.
1: You know, Bret Hart had a stroke and he was in a, in a <sighs> horrible match with Vince McMahon. Yeah, well.
0: I said we'll we'll see where this all ends up, but that'll be
1: July thirty first coming up. If somebody's paying him half a million dollars to do it, you think he ain't doing it?
0: <laughs> He's doing it. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, they well,
1: paid you five hundred to do it. You'd be all over. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll I'll be down at the FSW arena training. No problem. Everybody there.
1: has a price.
0: Yep, I'm and I come cheap. <laughs> all right, you know. uh, Stephanie McMahon. Uh, made news a couple of times. She is apparently stepping away from her positions in WWE, at least for a while, to focus yeah, so on the family.
1: with the Sasha Banks thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she took, picked the right time to get out of there.
1: She's um, walking out.
0: Yeah, so Stephanie McMahon taking a, a step back. So she's not going to be involved with the company for a while. So you know, Shane's gone. Stephanie's gone. Yikes. What's going on over there wow.
1: at WWE? How is creative going to continue without Stephanie McMahon? <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't know, but of course she has been WWE's chief branding officer uh since thirteen and uh she was was doing was the head writer for a while and she's mostly been doing corporate stuff uh for the most part. So don't think this is gonna affect the the product too much, but
1: uh, I heard it was more, you know, I, I guess Triple H is, they said uh back in his position. So, you know, it seems like she's gonna be the caretaker of the kids for a while. Well, Triple H was at home most of the
0: time. Yeah, good for her. So well, she deserves a little time off. But there was one thing that she said in an interview that I, I wanted to get your thoughts on on this. And she did an interview with, uh, with Deadline. And this was her quote about uh, sports entertainment and why it is actually better than sports in general. It's like athletic theater. It's the story. It's why you care. You're swept up in the storylines. We can script the buzzer beater moments. We can script the Hail Marys. We have a leg up on sports. You may object to what we do, but you're never going to be bored. Whenever you watch a game, it's too cluttered. WWE is able to deliver differently. And then just for fun, she brought up the zombie lumberjack match and called it pretty great. She said, we had zombies surrounding the ring. Zombies were walking around randomly. It was pretty great. Joe, do you think that WWE is better than regular sports and the zombie match was good?
1: Obviously, they missed the boat when uh, Paul Heyman brought him into ECW. Wasn't it a zombie or something?
0: Yeah, it was something like that. Uh,
1: You know, she's right on the initial things that she said, because how many times have people complained that they watched a boxing match and then the main event, because in boxing it's worse. Like you're paying for only the main event. UFC at least has usually a good card boxing. You have, you know, five matches of people, nobody ever heard of in the main event that you're hoping to buy. And then all of a sudden the guy knocks the dude out in the first 30 seconds. And it's like, Jesus Christ, I just paid 50 bucks for this. Wow with w w e you know you're gonna get three hours now, maybe it's not as entertaining as it used to be like again i I can't sit through entire shows really anymore just because they're not that entertaining, yeah. like back in the day, a thousand percent on what she says. unfortunately, now, you know you saw WrestleMania, how many throwaway matches were there? you know again. And then the fact that whoever won on WrestleMania either lost on WrestleMania on Raw the next day or backlashed the next month when, you know, more than half the matches were just rematches. So, but I understand the point, and I, I totally agree, you know. How many times do you watch a football game? I'm like, oh, I can't believe this team made that comeback. Or, oh, can you believe that game at the end? Right. But then there's times that you watch a game and it's like, you know, the Sunday night football game where the ratings go in the dumpster because all of a sudden the score is thirty-one to three.
0: Yeah, and and to a point, I do agree with what she's saying that yes, we can we can build it to the to the the climax that we want it to have, that everybody out there wants it to have, to have something exciting storybook happening in yeah, and have the storybook ending. But then when she goes off and says that, you know, the zombie match, of course, that was that match with Damian Priest and The Miz where yeah, they had the zombies I, I around the like, ring.
1: I no. wouldn't even use that as anything. <laughs> that
0: was an that was a, a yep. unmitigated disaster, and The Miz actually got hurt in that match too. Uh, you know, and, and that to me is the problem with WWE. I think they, they know what they, sh- they should be doing, but the way that they try to get there sometimes just doesn't make any sense. And when they sit there and say... You know this this zombie match was, you know when one someone's in charge says this zombie match was great, that was the worst match of the year uh, by pretty much everybody's standards. You know it's like come on,
1: you
0: know there's a, there's a disconnect there that doesn't make any sense to me. So
1: yeah, but everybody has different thoughts on the entertainment and what they like. You know Vince McMahon, as we've seemed to grow to learn, you know likes that poopy humor and. You know, the writers a lot of times try to make sure he is laughing or enjoying the show and not really concerned with me or you or, you know, a lot of other people because most people are lifers, and they're going to watch WWE regardless and then bitch about it the next day, the next week, whatever. Oh, that was terrible. But you watched, and, and you know, that's the difference between them and AEW. You know where at AEW it's like, oh my God, what a great match! Did you see the Young Bucks in FTR? And it's like, no, I don't watch that. I don't watch AEW, or uh, I don't really know what AEW is. I see that all the time talking to people when we're talking wrestling, and they're wrestling fans, and they really have no, you know, knowledge of what's going on. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's the show on TNT, and they got Chris Jericho and John Moxley. Oh yeah, well, well, awesome. And it's like they don't even know, and they, you know that's why they can't get over five, six hundred thousand, you know, viewers because when you talk wrestling, even even the announcers when they talk wrestling, it's always about some guy that was a WWE guy. You know, other than, I guess, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, because he worked for uh, AEW. But in the mind, pro wrestling, it's like UFC. There's 17 different MMA companies, but when you're talking MMA, the first thing you're going to say is UFC.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's funny, and that was kind of the last thing I really wanted to mention, was with AEW coming into town this week, you know, a lot of people, and, and, you know, the building sold out, and, you know, it's going to be a huge weekend for everybody in, in professional wrestling here in Las Vegas. But the funny part is, is that when I talk to people about AEW, you know, the awareness of AEW just isn't there yet. And AEW's really got to do something about that uh, to get their name out there a little bit more. And I'm just wondering you know, what steps they're going to need to take to make that happen. And, you know, because, you know, those sort of wrestling purists, you know, really do enjoy watching AEW. But at the same time, they're not, you know, they're getting that million viewers on Dynamite every week, and it doesn't seem to be moving up too high. And we got about a minute and a half. Uh, you know, where well, do it's they.
1: No different than the uh, the Spring Football and the USFL and the XFL. The XFL, the only reason they got a shot is because now The Rock's running it. It's like, go look at the games. You know, people love live sports, but you have to create stars, you know, and sure. Jericho, Moxley, Danielson—they got so many stars, but it's just it's a niche brand, and that's what it's always going to be. Um, and they're trying to be different; they're trying to be the alternative to WWE. But WWE is the be-all, end-all. It's a hundred years, and people just aren't going to change the channel.
0: No, we'll see how that goes in here in Las Vegas this week. With all elite wrestling invading the city, with Dynamite Rampage and Double or Nothing pay per view coming up here this week, and we'll be talking to said we'll have Mark Henry, Thunder Rosa, and Max Caster on the shows as we go through the week on you know sneaking in on SportsX Radio, and then on our shows here on Sunday, and we'll probably do a special Saturday edition too. Hey Joe, thanks hey, we for get
1: Mark Henry at the school, D'Lo Brown and the Godfather, a little Nation Domination reunion.
0: That'd be all right. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to The Mark Hoke Show. We do appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. Download those podcasts from all around the world. We do appreciate all of you listening. MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com, all your favorite podcast outlets. Las Vegas, we hope you have a terrific day, and we'll see you on Double or Nothing Day for sure next Sunday. Have a great afternoon.